like to talk with my hands. Turn with me to, to 1 Corinthians 15. We'll be at the end of 1 Corinthians 15 and then 1 Corinthians 16 in our time here of receiving our tithes and offerings. As you're turning, again, I, I welcome all of you. So glad you're here with us tonight. As you're turning to 1 Corinthians 15, let me give you a couple announcements. Our, our church office will be closed on Friday and then again on Monday, okay? And, and remember, Sunday we have one service at 11. Please attend that. You know, I had a person ask me, they said, you're really not going to have a service on Christmas Eve? And I said, well, what's Christmas about? Last time I saw Christmas was about Jesus, so don't you think we ought to celebrate Jesus? So come out Sunday morning. Yeah. And then um, we have the faith closet. The food pantry will be tonight right after the service. Pick up your children, and we got a great team that'll be up there to help you with clothing and food. And also, tomorrow morning right here at 11, I want to personally invite all of you to a memorial service of our great friend Vicki Lawler. She went home to be with Jesus last week, so... We're going to celebrate her. That is tomorrow morning at 11. Okay, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, if you're born again, you are a beloved brethren. Be steadfast. Be. Don't just talk about it. Be steadfast and movable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So be, be firm, stable, enduring, unshakable confidence. And let me highlight something, what he said here, that in the work of the Lord, in your serving of the Lord, it's never in vain, okay? You know what that tells me? God sees when you serve within the kingdom of God. God sees everything you do. Chapter 16, verse one. Apostle Paul said, now concerning the collection for the saints, the collection for the saints, the giving of the saints, as I have given orders to the churches at Galatia, so must you do also. So when I read that right there, the apostle Paul says, I'm giving you some orders, pal. Tell the people of Faith Church, verse two, on the first day of the week, which is Sunday morning, let each one of you, every single one of us, lay something aside storing up as he may prosper or in proportion to how you've prospered that there be no collection when I come. So he's saying that on every Sunday morning, part of our worship is I, I need to bring something from the fruit of my labors before God. And, and when you read what he's talking about, your giving and my giving is a form of worship. It's saying, man, Father God, I worship you. I thank you for being Jehovah Jireh. I thank you for being El Shaddai, just as we sang right there. So remember what he said here. There's some great instruction in this. Come on, let's pray. Father God, we love you tonight. We honor you tonight. We thank you for your word in this area. Lord, we pray. Hey, help us, grace us to heed this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. Grace, I know I'm jumping around here, okay? 2 Kings chapter 4. You know, when we were in worship just a minute ago, I got some God thoughts, and so I like God thoughts. So God has a way of, of changing some of the things I had planned to do, and so I like God interruptions. So we're going to just go here with Father God on this, and as you're turning to 2 Kings chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says that 
Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without this thing called faith, this element of this thing called faith, I, I can't contact God without faith. I, I can't connect to God without faith. And so he said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. But then it goes on to say, but God is a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seeks those or seeks him. He rewards the faith of those who passionately seek him. So I'm going to spin the word of God around a little bit. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So with faith, it is possible to please him. So what do we got to do to get faith? Well, the Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So every time you hear the word of God, there is an element of faith that is coming on the inside of you. So guess what tonight? We're going to speak the word to you because faith will come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I like to say it this way. Let's feed her faith and starve her doubts tonight. When you get into the word of God, God will get into you. Okay, here we go. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to the prophet Elisha, saying, Your servant, Elisha, my husband is dead. Now, when you study this, most believe this was talking about a prophet named Obadiah. That was this woman's husband who was a servant to Elisha. It goes on to say, your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant, he feared the Lord. He feared God. He reverenced God. He honored God. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So this woman right here, she's got some problems. And it's very apparent here that this creditor is coming to her house to take her two sons to pay off all the debt that she has. So it's clear she's got some debt because the creditor's coming. And so when we look at this here, this woman has a couple dilemmas here. She, she's got some, some crisis. Number one, this woman has an emotional crisis. Her husband's dead and now they're coming for her two sons. She's got an economical crisis because he's saying you got to pay off the debt you owe. And I believe the third crisis is a spiritual crisis. That there's something in her that has deterred her from the things of God. So let me ask you right now. Any of you in here got any of those crises going on in your life? Anybody in here got some emotional crisis? Some economical crisis? It's okay. This is what's going on with this woman. So she tells Elisha the prophet that. Verse number two. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? How can I help you? What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Now, if you'll notice right here, the Bible, it says that he asked her two questions. Number one, what can I do for you? Tell me, what can I do for you? And it's almost like that's what the Lord asked us. And you know in the book of James it says, you have not because you ask not. And then the second question he says right there is, what do you have in the house? 
What do you have in the house? Now, I want to note something here. He doesn't say what you don't have in the house. He said, what do you do have in the house? So many times in our life, we focus on what we do have instead of what we don't have. And so it's interesting, the prophet Elisha says, what do you have in the house? And so she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. All I got is a jar of oil. That's it. But remember, Elisha said, what you got? So she responds, all I got is a little jar of oil. Big deal? Huge. Keep reading. Then Elisha said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and do not gather or do not get just a few of them. And so when you read this, it's almost like a strange response. It's like, why would you tell this woman this? You know what I believe Elisha's doing? And I believe he'll do it with every one of us in here tonight. He's beginning to stretch your faith. And if you want to note something really, really good, everything that he tells her to do is in the plural. Now listen, listen real close. Go borrow vessels. And, er, and, and from everywhere, from all your neighbors, in other words, don't just go next, go to your neighborhood, go to every one of them. And then he ends and says, empty vessels and don't get just a few. Get a bunch of them. Now, sometimes the word of God asks us to do stuff, to stuff up here, you think, that's crazy. That don't make any sense. And thank God she doesn't respond that way. Like that prophet, Elijah, he's been smoking too much weed. He's crazy. She doesn't blow him off. Keep reading. Verse 4. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you, you and your sons, then pour it all into those vessels and set aside the full ones. Now she's stretching his faith, or he's stretching her faith. He said, you line up those vessels and you start pouring them in there. And, and you know, she's thinking, did, did he not hear me when I said, I just have a jar of oil? Verse five. So she went from him and she shut the door behind her and her, her, and her two sons who brought the vessels to her and she began to pour it out. So she responds. She obeys and sometimes when we obey, it may not make any sense to our physical senses. But there's something happened when we step out by faith, which is trusting and obeying what God said, even when it doesn't make sense. Verse 6. Now it came to pass when the vessels, plural, were full, that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not a vessel, so the oil ceased. I want you to see something here, okay? As long as they keep bring, or kept bringing vessels to her, she kept pouring. Now, can you imagine what's going on on the inside of this woman? She just keeps pouring. They keep bringing them and keep bringing them. Verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons will live on the rest. 
Now what I begin to see here is this woman had persistent faith. She responded to his word in obedience. I'm going to get ready to say something. You may want to write this down. The provision was in proportion to the woman's faith. The provision was in proportion to the woman's faith. You know what I believe with all my heart? If she would have had 100 vessels, 100 of them would be filled up. So as many as she got, that's what she was filled with. And so I begin to look at this right here, and I thought, the provision was in proportion to the woman's faith. So a couple weeks back, we've been on faith here forever. And remember in Matthew 8, there was a centurion who went to the Lord Jesus, and he said, Lord Jesus, I, I beg you to heal my servant. Now, this is the same centurion that the Lord Jesus ultimately said about this man. He said, I haven't found such great faith in all of Israel. But in Matthew 8, 13, the Lord Jesus says this to the centurion. He said, as you have believed, so be it done unto you. In other words, Whatever you can believe, so be it done unto you. So I think about this in this terms. That's kind of what was said to the woman with these vessels. As you have believed, so be it done unto you. And so it's like the, the Lord puts this back into our court, the ball in our court, and he says, what are you believing? As you have believed, so be it unto you. And can I tell you about something, God, about God? He hadn't retired. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever God. He still does the same things. And so remember that God is a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a God. As you have believed, so it be unto you. So I'm backing up here a number of years ago in my life. I've got a little bitty pickup and the transmission goes out. And when the transmission goes out, I'm like, oh, son of a bendigo, this isn't good. And so I go to a salvage yard there and I asked the guy, I said, my tranny went out. Do you happen to have this? And he said, I do. And I said, how much is it? Now remember, this was 100 years ago, okay? He said, I'll sell it to you for $600. So I work the rest of the day. I go home and I sit down to eat with Shelly and I said, I found a transmission. She said, you buy it? I said, no. She said, why not? I said, all I got is $600. That's all I got. Kind of like the woman here, all I got is a jar of oil. And, and many times we focus on what we don't have instead of what we do have. And she said, why didn't you buy it? And I said, well, got a problem. I can't put it in. I don't have the tools and I don't have the expertise to do that. And so the transmission costs $600, but I don't know what it's going to cost to install it. And she looked at me and she said, I think we ought to pray. 
and me and the spirituality that I am, I said, oh, that's a novel idea. We should pray. So many times in my life, I've prayed Mark 11, 22, 23, 24. Mark 11, 22 says, has the God kind of faith. Just the same faith of God. Mark 11, 23 says, whosoever shall say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be cast and see. Not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says, he will have whatever he says. Mark eleven twenty four says, and whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. Now, a problem with prayer a lot of times, we pray, but we don't believe we're going to receive them. I hope so. So when the Lord said to the centurion in Matthew 8, 13, he said, as you have believed, so be it unto you. That same verse cross-references to Romans 10, 9, which says that when you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be born again. So something happens when we begin to confess out of our mouth what we are desiring to happen and we believe in our heart. So we begin to pray. We prayed, we prayed. We said, Father God, I got $600. I need you to move. Prayer's a big deal to God. So a couple of days go by. I'm working for a utility company and I have an order to go to this house. I show up to the house and the guy opens the door. It was a guy I went to school with. So we start talking and I said, you still a mechanic? And he said, yeah. And I said, you installed transmissions? And he laughed and he said, yeah, I installed transmission. He said, what's going on? And I told him and he said, well, we got to find that transmission before I can put it in. And I said, I found it. He said, where's it at? I told him and he said, how much did they quote you? I said, $600. He said, I do a lot of work with him. I buy a lot of parts from them. He said, let me go and talk to him and see what type of deal they'll give me. The next morning he calls me back and says, I'll do it for $600. I said, wait, wait, wait just a minute. I said, it'll cost $600 and you'll do it with how much for you doing the labor? And he said, no, I'll do everything for $600. And I begin to realize off that, as you have believed, so be it done unto you. Now, sometimes with what you got, just step out by faith. Now, I hesitated to tell you part of this story, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it, okay? He said, $600 and a case of beer. And I looked at him and I said, $620 and we'll call it even because I said, I'm not going to support your habit. I said, I don't want to buy you a case of beer. And he said, you know what? He said, I was told that you got real religious. And I said, dude, I didn't get any religious. I got a relationship with Jesus. I've been born again, okay? So tonight, we sung, we sung about miracles. Come on back up here, praise team. So what would happen right now if you cried out to Jesus and said, this is the dilemma I'm in? This is the problem. And Jesus looked at you and said, as you have believed, so be it unto you. Now, when I begin to look at this, 
You know what made the centurion's great, his, his faith great when Jesus said, I hadn't found such great faith? He had total and full confidence in Jesus' words. Total and full confidence that Jesus will do exactly what he said he will do. So I'm going to have you stand up right here. Right here on a Wednesday night, December the 20th. And I know every one of us in here may have some issues. We may have some obstacles. We may have some dilemmas tonight. You, you may be in a situation with a vehicle. You may be in a situation with a child. You may be in a situation of a need a miracle. But what, what happens if we would just step out with what the Lord Jesus and said, okay. As you have believed, so be it done unto me. The proportion of the provision hinges on my faith. Do I trust him? Do I believe him? And I believe with all my heart right here, God is wanting to stir up faith within us. He's wanting to touch hearts in here tonight. He's wanting to move. So we got about eight minutes, okay? What would happen if we began to call out to God? I, I welcome you down here. No matter how life's coming at you, I welcome you to come down here. Let's just call on the name of the Lord tonight, okay?